So hi and welcome to the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Show, where today I'm joined by Victoria, who is the founder of the Women's Lifestyle Collective. Hi, Victoria. Hello. Thank you for having me on, Sue. Okay. So we we meet every week, don't we? And this week, there's been a big focus on habits, hasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. The thing is, both of us are experiencing lots of resistance to new habits or we're helping and coaching other people, whether it be entrepreneurs, whether it be people trying to lose some weight, all to adopt new good habits. And let's face it, we have all read James Clear's Atomic Habits. I mean, it's a best-selling book because everybody's read it. But does it mean that we're actually implementing it? And I think that's one of the things I want to come to today is We've talked about this a lot, haven't we? Why don't we implement it? What's going on in our brains that's stopping us? These old patterns on repeat. And I think this is going to be really helpful to just have this conversation, everybody to listen and for you to think, is this me? Is this what I'm doing? And can I introduce any of these things in my life? So we're going to give you four tips today, aren't we, Victoria? We are. We are. So first of all, like from habits, from your perspective, Victoria, you've got a great analogy on this one. How, what what do you think is going on with these bad habits, these patterns on repeats that is stopping us from adopting new habits and becoming the new person? So I think the biggest block, um, obstacle, when it comes to creating new habits, so we know most of the time we know we need to maybe change up some of our old ways, our old habits. We want different results. We know we need to do different things, but it can feel really hard. And I think one of the biggest obstacles there is that things aren't happening quick enough. We're just not getting the results. We're trying up these new habits or we're changing our routine somehow, but it's just not sticking and it feels really hard work. And The analogy I've got that I came across, and I can't remember where, I read it somewhere, I think, and I think it's a really good analogy to kind of explain it. And that is, imagine a hill of damp sand and you put a marble at the top of the hill and you give it a nudge and it rolls down one side and you keep doing that and gradually the marble creates a groove in the side of the hill of sand and it would just roll down there automatically. You don't need to give it a nudge anymore, but you want to create a new groove on the other side of the hill. So you put the marble at the top and you have to give it a good nudge to go down the opposite side of the hill because it automatically wants to run into the groove that it's already created and it's perfectly running down. So you give it a nudge, And then you do it again and you do it again and it keeps wanting to go back to the original groove. So you do it again and you do it again and eventually it creates a groove on the other side of the hill. And it's that's the um, way, it's a good analogy for how our um, neuropathways work in our head, how we create these new neuropathways with habits. So it's it our habit brain wants to automatically run down the existing groove which is why it can feel so hard to create these new habits and we face resistance it goes to you know what's comfortable um it's it's new it's unfamiliar and that's why it's hard and that's why it doesn't happen overnight and this is where so often we um, 
give up, Mitchie. <laughs> this is why often we give up on our um, on the new habits and the new way of living that we know is good for us, but it can feel really, really hard. But eventually, with all these small incremental steps, eventually the path is made for you and what was a struggle what did feel really really hard just becomes part of who you are in the same way as things that you do every day and just part of who you are brushing your teeth brushing your hair just these things that we just do um but that's probably one of the biggest resistance um that we face it's it's the time we live in a fast world and we expect things instantly and creating new habits doesn't happen instantly, especially when we're unwinding the old habits. Yeah, so basically it's hard because we're ch- taking what has become automatic, it's happening in our subconscious, and we're having to make it conscious again so that we can change it, reprogram it. And like you say, that I love that analogy about the sand and the groove in the sand and it's just going to keep rolling down there. But I guess, you know, at some point, we have to face that discomfort. We have to know that it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be resistance. And that's a good thing. Whereas I believe that most of us take that as a sign that, you know, it's a sign not to do something. It's a sign to stay in your comfort zone. It's a sign that it's too risky. It's not safe. It's not going to work out. You're going to be a failure. Well, you know, all these negative, very binary thought processes, very fixed mindset, instead of thinking, actually, by creating that new groove, that's going to help me get to the next level with my yeah. business, with my life, with my health, with my wellness, with my work-life balance, with my family, with my relationships, all the things that matter. We all know that we have these changes to make. That's why we make New Year's resolutions. But we, we've got to acknowledge then that it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. And how do we face that challenge head on and, and put some steps in place like, like James talks about, but really... A bit more than that, because we don't want to, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's there's something else there, and you help people do this, and I help people do this, and I've done this myself. But what are the four things that we can give to our listeners to take away, to start to adopt today that will help them to embrace new habits, to, to face that, to become more consistent, more focused in the direction of travel they want to go in? Yeah. So ultimately... Changing anything about our behavior starts with our thoughts. So um, thoughts trigger our feelings ultimately, and our feelings dictate what we do and don't do, our action, our inaction in life. So we need to start with our thoughts, and um, that means dialing into the conscious part of our mind and becoming aware of what we tell ourselves day in, day out. What are those repeated, that repeated inner dialogue? How do we speak to ourselves? Do we speak to ourselves kindly or do we beat ourselves up? So much of how we live our life and get the results we want out of life is how we talk to ourselves when we make a mistake. So if, like so many women, we do, we beat ourselves up for making a mistake. We, um, you know, we punish ourselves. Um, It all starts without thinking. So we're going to face any resistance to, to change to new habits. 
unless we change how we speak to ourselves and how we um, and changing our thought process as well. So that would be the number one thing um, for me. You know, I've just had a thought then. I've been thinking about this for a while. So why do we talk to ourselves so negatively? Because not everybody does. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, um, Ellie McKay. She's one of the top podcasters. She's a big property investor. She's got a successful company now. And she was talking about how she came from nothing. She came from, you know, they her parents had money, then lost money. They went on this journey. Um, she was used to being bullied at school. She was used to failing at school, being not being unpopular, all that kind of stuff. And I got to thinking, oh, I haven't had those bad experiences. Many people I know who are still struggling with their business, they haven't had that level of adversity. And one of the things that she said to me really hit home, and that was, she's not afraid of failure. And she's used to getting things wrong and being told she's wrong. Mm. And I thought, I wonder if we have a bit of a pandemic because for many of us, we've not been used to failure. It's a binary, you're right or wrong. You do it good or good or bad. And I don't know about you, but at school, I know you might have been an overachiever. And when you're an overachiever, it's not good to all of a sudden fail at something, to fail an exam, to, to not do very well at something. So I wonder if we have actually a bit of a pandemic here internally in that we are not mentally resilient and prepared enough for failure, for doing things wrong. So we beat ourselves up about it because the expectation is you should never do anything wrong. Mm. And consequently, we're not setting ourselves up to achieve any big goal because as soon as we st- take a, a step wrong or do something incorrectly, we beat ourselves up and we do the negative self-talk and put ourselves back in our comfort zone, not yeah. making that change, not building that business, not lo- you know going to the gym. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, how we talk to ourselves is based on our belief system, which, you know, has evolved since we were a child. And we can have um, the same similar experience to somebody else, but we can perceive it in such a different way. And that can be a multitude of things that have happened to us over the course of our lifetime. It can be the observation of seeing someone's facial expression when we did something and then we've taken that to mean something and then we've held on to that unconsciously. It can be just life experiences as we have perceived them. And then over the years, that's our belief system and we base everything on that, our thoughts, everything. And for whatever has happened, we can really be hard on ourselves because of it. And I do think one of the other reasons we are often hard on ourselves is it's a uh believing that unless we're hard on ourselves for having made a mistake we won't learn from that mistake that we are kind of letting ourselves off the hook and we could make that same mistake again so i think that is a part of it as well Yeah. And going back to that conditioning, that belief system, somebody looking at us the wrong way, maybe it was, you know, your parents or your teacher looked at you and you did something wrong and it's like, that's not good. And so you think, oh, I need to be punished because, you know, I didn't do something right. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so deep. Oh, oh, you're touching a nerve now. Now you're making making us really think. Okay. So what would be your second tip for making good habits stick? Uh, So first one, it's definitely the thoughts. And then the second one, like I touched on earlier with definitely be from the outset knowing 
that it's a step-by-step process and getting behind that and uh, just getting fully on board with it and getting that old mentality out, which, you know, my my whole business is uh, weight loss. So what I say um, to um, my clients is old diet mentality. Um, it's getting away, you know, those quick fix, you know, fad diets, and it's removing that. It's unwinding that whole mentality that's built up over years, and it's not – a simple thing to do because it has formed a significant part of someone's belief system. That's how we should and shouldn't eat. And these are the rigid rules we should and shouldn't live by. And we have to unwind all of that, undo all of that and start with a fresh mentality that for sustainability, for permanency, for habits to stick, it's incremental steps. Because it's those small steps where, like the analogy with the marble, just gradually and, you know, each time it creates a further depth in the groove. And that is how the neuropathways work. They become stronger and stronger and stronger. And we will always be pulled back to our old ways particularly to begin with in the early stages. And it is uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. And it's accepting that change is uncomfortable. But we do have to go through that discomfort in order to reap the benefits of the changes that we're working on. Okay, so I'm going to add two other things that I think are quite critical to embedding a new habit. I don't want to give people loads of stuff. You know, there's an entire book here you can read about it, but the reality is I think we only we only take on board one or two things at a time and and that's really what stops us you know when we we think about the 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 science behind habits but then actually implementing them and I want to talk about one of the things that's made a massive difference both in my family's health but also in my progress as a business owner becoming an entrepreneur producing regular content is definitely around your environment so you'll notice here I've got my mic that has to be set up all the time if it's not I have a barrier to even sitting down and recording a podcast, to even sitting down and doing a live. All of a sudden, I've got to set the whole thing up and it just feels too hard. It's like that thing about going to the gym. If your kit's in the car, by the door, you're more likely to go. It's the thing about the the fruit. The kids eat more fruit when there's a bowl of fruit on the side than, than if there's nothing there and all they can see is the cupboard that's got the chocolate in or something like that. You know, we've got to make it easier for ourselves. You'll notice behind me, I've got my plan on the board for anybody watching um, the video. That's because if I don't see that plan, if I'm not looking at it and focusing on it, I'm not doing it. So to make life easier for you embedding a new habit, I believe you need to think about the environment of which you've set up. And if you can place certain things, whether it's books that you need to be reading for your self-development, whether it's your planner on your wall, so you're checking it off, maybe it's your to-do list, maybe it's your progress markers, your number of followers or your number of sales, whatever it is. You just need to get it front of mind, front of mind in everywhere and get your environment set up to support you. Then the second thing I think is absolutely crucial. In fact, I know it because it's been my big blocker for 12 months now. Because I have a little one, it makes it more challenging. And that is the people around you. If the people around you are not on the same journey, then you're not going to head in that that direction. Um, They did a study and they found that actually you are more likely to be overweight if your immediate friends and family were overweight because it was socially acceptable. 
And that just goes to show that the people around you have such an impact on how you show up. Some famous people will tell you that, you know, show me the five people around you and I'll show you your future. That's quite telling. But what we forget is that we can shape that. You can go to networking events. You can meet people. You keep in touch with the people that have the same values as you, that are heading in the same direction, or have or do the thing you want to do. If you're in an author's group, you cannot be a good author. I'm in a podcaster mastermind. I cannot but focus on my podcast because they're talking about it so much. It's in my face. I'm like, oh, this is how they're doing it. I need to be doing the same thing. And that just that just fills and consumes your time. And sometimes to do that, you've got to remove people, elements, or time spent in areas that don't serve you. So if your dining room is no longer your dining room, it's now your office. It's now your office. That's where you're working. If your friends aren't serving you you're, or, you know, not helping you, your family is very negative about your business, then limit the amount of time you're around those people and instead invest that time around the people who have what you want to build. And that sounds really harsh, but it does, you know, in the last 12 months, if I've learned anything, I've learned that. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. So... Thanks, Victoria, for talking to us about how we can get better habits, better good habits and start to install those. I would really love, and I don't know about you, but I would love for anybody who knows somebody who's struggling to make a change in their life to tag them with this episode and reach out to us. DM us. We're both on Instagram. We will put the um, handles in the show notes and we'll tag in this post. But it'd be really good to understand how how you embrace new habits, how you make change to become a better version of your future self and achieve those goals. Fantastic. Thank you for having me on, Sue. You're all right. I'll speak to you again next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it.